Action Park Media. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. My guest today is actor, director, producer, writer, Paul Johansson. He is a very charismatic and caring individual, and I've had the pleasure of recently spending three months in Mexico working with him on a movie called God is a Bullet. You can find him on Instagram at P to the Johan. Paul Johansson, welcome to the American Glutton Podcast. Wow. Did you feel that energy? Yeah, I did. Do you know how long we've known each other? Did you figure it out? I think I met you on the set of John Q. Is that true? Or was I thought it, it was earlier because I was out playing of basketball. Yeah, game. we were playing. Yeah, we had no, all the mutual playing. friends. Well, you know, yes. you were. That's right. I that's was right. not playing. I was attending some of those uh-huh. games, but you I were. was not playing. Yeah, so the, the entertainment league in Hollywood had was like at that time. Was it what year do you think that was? Like 93, 94, 95 in that era? Something like that. It yeah. was the most probably like, um, <laughs> it was like nowadays it's, you know, I don't even think they even do it anymore, but it was like every big star in the world was yeah. playing. We all loved basketball, and we all thought we were good, but the difference was I was good. You, you were good. <laughs> well, you, really, were, you were a bit yeah. of a ringer. I was, but I was also like the cockiest, most testosterone-filled human being you ever met, but, and I needed to win all the time. Okay, but as far as being, when I say ringer... You played for a national Olympic team. I did. I played for the Canadian national team, and so I was like, in the national championship game in college at the University of British Columbia. And you know, I was a first team All Canadian, and I was a if like yeah. if if an actor who let's be honest, most actors maybe even if they look super athletic are not actually athletic. Certainly yeah. not in the nineties. Yeah. Um, do you want to give any examples, or do you want to no, not lose friends? I don't want to <laughs> out anybody, but I just want to say like it's true. You're an actor. You like playing basketball. Maybe you watched like White Men Can't Jump, and you were like, I can jump like that kind of guy. And then they're playing. Part you. of White Men Can't Jump was, I, and I think I think Ron Shelton will leave it. Admit this. I used to play basketball with Ron at the YMCA, which was like George Clooney and all the guys. We all played there. Um, and uh, there was a move in the in the in the movie which they called the PJ. Ah, and they I when they were on set. Well, a lot of my friends were in the movie because we all played with Ron, and Ron brought all his buddies in. But he did well because Ron knew me because we I, you'd catch the ball and the guy standing behind you could feel him, and you'd throw the ball behind him and you and spin the other direction and meet the ball right underneath the hoop. Right, and it was kind of like a trick move that I'd learned on the streets playing, you know. Um, but did you did you have a moment where like because I don't think I have any idea of anybody who's on any other than you know now the U.S. team is all very very famous people right 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 so course. but back in the '90s I would have known the U.S. team because it was all famous people yeah, from '92 Dream Team yeah, for Barcelona but right. I would not have known a single person so if you show up at these games do you feel a little bit like you're cheating? Um, well, the thing about actors is, okay. and you know this because yeah. you're one, we, the, the best actors, okay, so when you're little 
and you're playing Cowboys and Indians or whatever game you're playing with your friend, soldier, whatever you're playing, you you totally commit as a child to look, oh, you got me, and you fall over, and you do a great death. The whole thing about acting is playing. So when you're playing basketball, your actors are really totally committed to believing they're good. And this is going to sound really bad, but even if they're not, because our job as actors, when we walk in and I'm playing a doctor on this movie, well, I'm the best doctor you've ever been to. Or right. I'm a cop. It's like, I've solved all the cases. I don't lose. Right. It's like you really commit. So as a basketball, when you do things, you play chess with your friends or, you know, you're, you know, even if you're trying to like, you know, make time with a girl in a, on a date, it's like you really kind of like, I don't know. I think there's something like about commitment to the moment that actors have, like that muscle's really strong. Yeah. I don't know if the, commitment, I, the date thing works out too well. That one's probably the worst example. I No, no. <laughs> I think it's a great example, and it was highlighted by, uh, and I don't want to say anybody's name, but an actor friend of ours who challenged you to ten. Right. And but this, by the way, this was when we were nobody had a nickel to their name. No, we were we we're, were poor we were actors. Poor actors. <laughs> And you were challenged to ten thousand points per th free throw. Ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand dollars per right. free throw. No, three, three point throw. Yeah. That's like I don't yeah. even know anything about it. Yeah. But like, I remember sitting there going, not even knowing you played, but just looking at you and my friend who was in that mode of yeah. like convinced and like being a basketball Total player. Commitment. Yeah. And going like, that's such a bad idea, yeah. dude. I but didn't I, take the bet. No, you wouldn't. You're well, a stand-up guy. I, I just felt it would have cost a friendship, you know? And right. I, I loved him even though we were, we were. you know, it's funny. Our, our another friend that I will mention, Nick Cassavetes, who's sure. done your podcast, who is not only a good actor, but he's a, a you know, we, we just both worked with film, uh, him on a film in Mexico. Um, he and I met um, on a, well, one of the first times we met was on a basketball court and we were in the Valley, and there was lots of really good ex-NBA players and really good players, college players. And we were in the prime of our kind of like physical, you know, I think he was like 25, I was 20, no, he's 26 or something, I was 23 or 24. And we hated each other. Yeah. We, he threw elbows, he cut me in the chin, I'd shoot one in his belly or step on his foot or whatever. And we battled the whole movie, or the whole movie. It was a pickup game, the whole game. And at the end but of the game- it was like a movie. We were gonna, yeah, we were gonna throw fists at one point. And he ended up becoming like my dearest friend. Yeah. It was just the, it's like when you're in battle, you're in battle. And it's kind of like, you know, the way that we, our, our minds, I think, as athletes, it's kind of like going to war, you know. And by the way, I take nothing away from our real soldiers who was, you know, that's, but I think the the idea being that you, you full commitment. Yeah. Full commitment. Like your workouts when you post and you say, killed my, um, clone killed my clone yes there's something inside of me that lights on fire when I see that and it's just a little spark that goes I better get to the gym like he's doing better than me uh, you know what I mean like yeah. I get motivated I want to do a post where I'm reading a book and talk about how the clone can also be defeated by intellect like it, it you know I, I need to give that that give idea, me a, a small example nuance. of that give me a small example like any any improvement is the act of killing the clone Anything. So a diet like, choice. A diet choice. Um, taking the stairs up a building instead of taking the elevator 10 floors. Sure. Any, any way that you are better than you were 24 hours ago. Reading is a good example of yeah. enhancing your life or gaining more knowledge or working on some part of yourself. It doesn't have to be the gym. I post the gym a lot because, honestly, because I'm a very old homebody 
who doesn't do a whole hell of a lot that's exciting. And so like, if I find myself where sometimes the only time I leave my house is to go to the gym, otherwise it's like, what do I do? What's my day? I come here, I go to the gym, I go to the grocery store, I hang out with my wife and kids. Like, that's what I do. You just did three months in Mexico. Yes. Working unbelievable hours. Yes. In in tattoos that had to be put on and taken off several times a day. I mean, it was it's like, you know, the and when even the scenes that we did together, the intellectual, the the emotional spiritual commitment to those moments was um taxing. Yes. Deeply taxing. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. It is. So yes. you earn this time. Yeah. Right? I like to I mean, yes, there's also work. I don't know, work sometimes I'm a little bit weirded out about bringing a phone onto work and like, well, I don't bring a phone to the set. Yeah. I leave it in my trailer just out of respect for the process. Sure, I think yeah. that's I think that's a very wise yeah. thing to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's a lot of it's out of seeing the frustration it's created with other people and you know the lack of engagement and ideas that could happen spontaneously. You know, yeah. when you're interacting. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, the only time I've heard about sets. Um, like I heard that uh, from friends that Better Call Saul was a phone-free set. Yeah. And I I'd know. like it to be a, a, a business rule, you know. Yeah. You know, unless I've, you have I've, children and you need to be contacted, but that's do you, the thing. you could then even give your phone to a PA or yeah. something and, and I mean, say, "This is the only time." Yeah. Like you can, you know, the phones are so smart now. You can make a "Do not disturb" other than a few numbers that can right. then get through. Um, but the temptation of having it there is the problem for me. Like I need to, because I will check. You know, I've got other business. I'm a producer. I'm a director. I'm a dad. I'm a you know, I've got things going, like you. It's like I want to, and if it's there, I'm going to check. So yeah. that's why I leave it in the room. Yeah, that's good. No, I, I uh, only, I, oh, the only place that I'm with my phone doing something that is applicable to the idea of self-improvement is the gym. When I'm at home, I try to, and my kids would probably listen to this and go, you're lying. You're on your phone all the time. I hope to not be I've with seen you at the phone. gym. I've never seen you with the phone at the gym. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. It's always in my pocket. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen it. I've always had a question for you that is a bit personal. Okay. Am I allowed to go there? Sure. Okay, I'm going to check and make sure nobody can hit me from behind. Um, it's not that personal, but it's it's something that I've always wondered about you because we've been friends a long time, and I've seen you at your biggest. Yes. And I've seen you, like, now, supermodel, you know, two-piecer yes. at the beach, flaunting, you know. Um, still wear a t-shirt. Still beach. wear a t-shirt. Yeah. When you swim? Oh, yeah. Why? You know, look, here's why, for real. Um, I have dieted to the point where every vein in my abdomen is visible. I have perfectly deep lines in my abs that you could, like, stick, lose a pencil in between my abs. And that for me is not sustainable. I cannot maintain that level of leanness for a long period of time. My body starts to fight it and go you. like, um, this is really hard. It's also not natural right. to maintain that over a long period. Sure. It needs to be. So then when I go to maintenance and I go like, oh, here's the food that like, is the right amount of food for my size body. You have that down to an absolute science now, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, you do. 
And I don't even have to measure shit really anymore. You know, I look at packages like I look, I measure rice, I measure potatoes, stuff like that. But like my proteins, my veggies, it's all eyeballed. Fats are eyeballed. Um, but when I when I eat that way for like life, the 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 veins kind of disappear, the depth in the abs goes away. I can still see abs with overhead lighting and if i flex they explode out right but that to me is like i don't know it feels a little bit disappointing to me so when you're at the beach and you wear a shirt there is shame what is it it's just i mean i also have a bunch of scars that i'm uncomfortable with Who's i also have see a them? loose your kids, skin your wife? no my my kids and my wife i don't give a shit about them. they're <laughs> probably sick of looking at me topless in our house um, but at the beach with other people and then like, I just don't, I, you know, I don't want to feel like I'm being looked at really. And I feel like if I take my shirt off, it. I have a lot of like disfigurement to look at. It's probably. But you've had some work done on this extra skin. Yeah. And that heals and it looks good. I mean, uh, you know, What's well, I, I think it, I think it can. I, uh. I had these surgeries in 2008 mm -hmm. and then gained a lot of weight and mm -hmm. stretched it out, stretched the scars okay. out, stretched the skin back out. So now I have loose skin. I don't have nearly the amount of loose skin that I had prior to the surgeries, but I, I did do that. Well, so I guess where I was going with this. Yes. We never, I've cut you off. Sorry. No, I don't mind. It's because I was always curious about you particularly because I've known you. Yeah. And I've seen the different versions that you've become. Sure. And so I was always wondering, what was the day, the moment, when you said, I can't live like this anymore? It was, um, I was in Romania. I had uh, just had like a bizarre, uncomfortable conversation with Jim Caviezel, but was also thinking about my life in the future. Hadn't really thought about the future a lot. Had kind of been living day to day or just like what am I doing right now and that's what I'm happy to do I'm not thinking like do I want to have kids I kind of had this abstract idea of like yes kids are wonderful I'd like to have kids but no thought into how am I going to be with kids how's my energy going to be like I wasn't thinking in those terms was seeing a girl who for all intents and purposes had never made any reference to my body in a negative way and um, I started thinking about her. I like arrived in Romania and was thinking about her in the future. And like, how does this go with her if I don't change? And I think I really believed in that moment. Like the, the path with her is very short lived if I don't make a radical adjustment, not based on anything that she's done. And so it was that idea of like, oh, I could have a really nice life, an, a life I've never really believed I could have. And it's right here. And it just requires me making an adjustment to myself. And that was it. But don't we all have those moments where we go, if I don't change, nothing will change. And then we start and then we pull back let me start how many times did you oh so many times i mean so, oh, but so, no okay. there was never 
the there was only in the in the last 20 years because this is over 20 years ago now that that idea occurred to me right there was only one moment where i went i'm gonna gain weight like there was one moment and i was uh not much different i mean i didn't have the same muscle mass that i have now but i was probably even lighter than i am now and i was just kind of like i was having uh, it it was like a, a a computation based around the idea of work and it was like i was working so much more heavier maybe i should just stop working on being thin and gain weight and see what happens and like I started eating whatever I wanted, gaining weight, and got a TV show that I was very happy with, and then talked to the producers, and they were like, you don't have to be big. Like, if you want to lose weight, go ahead. And I was like, oh, great, and started working out in the middle of this TV show and haven't looked back. Well, I, 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 one thing really rings to me, and it's, a never, it's another revelation in our friendship. I just learned today that you're romantic. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, we have political conversations and really philosophical conversations. Sure. But we've never, but I've never realized that you're actually a romantic. Yeah. A lot of the process for you was not wanting to be alone. You found this girl and you thought about that relationship, as you just said in your words. And you, it was one of the, imp, you know, the impetus for making you I want think, to change. I think it was the, the, it was the first time, like, yes, I, I don't like being alone. I um like I don't mind a long car ride or a road trip by myself. My kids go to school in Oregon. I drive up to see them quite a bit. That's a long drive. Yeah. And I don't mind that cuz I'll put a book on and on Audible or something and listen to the whole book, right? Or load up You can download Audible on your Sorry. Right. So no, yeah. advertisement I wish you. they were uh, <laughs> Audible, a sponsor yeah. of American Glutton. By the way, the, there's uh, <laughs> something in Audible where you get like you win. Rewards. I'm on Audible. I have like 50 books. On and there. and do you yeah. get the little prizes? Like you've listened to you like get mm -hmm. a badge. And I started getting all these badges because I was yeah. crushing books on Audible. Um, going back, this was before really the uh, the pandemic. Because once the pandemic happened, my kid's school got locked down, and it was like, no, you can't come visit them every weekend now. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I don't like being alone and I, I have a lot of friends. And so I had a very good group of people that I was very happy with, but there was no, and, and they had had interventions with me a number of times, like, Hey, we're worried about you. Um, we, 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 we want to see you do better because we want you around and right. it just never it never stuck because I, I, you know, I never f saw, I couldn't get ahead to a point where I was like, my relationship with my friends, unless I'm going back to drugs or something like that, it's never going to deteriorate based on my health. They're always going to be there as my friends, right? But when I put it into the context of um, an, a really intimate relationship, it's like, when you're living with somebody and depending on them, you're depending on them for more than friendship. Friendship is a factor, but yeah. you know, I, I like saw a universe where 
I stayed that weight. And then the girl who's now my wife was like asking me to take the trash out. And I was having trouble doing that because of my weight. And I was like, that doesn't work, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, well, I was notably, you said something that's interesting and it is, is it, and this is sort of the chicken, the egg thing. Is it the psychology of the person that has made them let that, weight get out of control or is it the weight that's gotten out of control that has created the psychology in the person to make them the personality that they are does that you know what i'm saying Shh, totally and i don't know if it's an either or or if it can't be a mixture of the two um you know it it it, it does scare me a bit in this day and age where we and i mean societally seem to be leaning into this idea of self-improvement is hard and um, can cause a lot of emotional turmoil and we need to safeguard against the propensity for emotional turmoil therefore these avenues of self-improvement should be thwarted does that make sense to you it does and we had a conversation on the set of Mexico that was similar if you don't if you remember and i was sort of fighting i think we both like the stoics we're sure. huge we talked about marcus aurelius yeah the writings of them we both sort of i mean you achieve it much better than i do i'm you know, I've always been known by my friends as being volatile and emotional and this. And so I actually took that on as sort of a journey for myself when I became a father. Yeah. Because I'm a much, much calmer, more normal, like, human being around my son than I am in, like, when I'm out playing basketball or I'm doing other things or, you know. I've seen that. Something. I've actually seen that. That is a very um, ob objectively... Uh, obvious thing like to observe very well, it was a choice because yeah. my dad was an ex-nhl hockey star who was an alcoholic and you know and you know very very you know kind of that uh, dogmatic religious where there was no tolerance of anything else and you know um you know interestingly enough you know he was a very supportive of my athletic career and would like you know was like always told me that a steak and potato before a meal right. you know what i mean yeah <laughs> which you know i mean I had a tremendous amount of success as an athlete, you know, which shaped my personality because in a weird way, I think that it, it drove me to want to be fit all the time because, uh, one, psychologically, my success kept my family together. Yeah. They would come see me play. They would come to my games. They would come see me get an award or, a, you know, whatever it was. It was like there was a lot of newspaper articles and attention and TV and stuff brought as a, as a young man that made brought some glory to me but more importantly in my psychology was um it stopped them from fighting it stopped them my dad from whatever it was it was like it, there was calmness when i was doing well when i wasn't doing well it seemed to always so i was like oh, you know i need to achieve yeah and so i think what that bled into when i got away from my family and moved off to college and then moved to you know hollywood was the idea that you know success was the was wasn't about like you know it was more about, you know, sort of for others than it was for me. Like I was trying to, you know, keep the, <laughs> keep the, um, how do you explain it? I guess. Kind no, of, no, I get yeah, what you're saying. Yeah. There's, there's external dynamics at play. Right. Yeah, and yeah. if you hold on to some, some position, whether right. some, some point of view or structure, yeah. you can therefore affect the external Right. It's the only dynamics. control you have. Exactly. Yeah. And the fear of failure was way more powerful than the wanting of success. Yeah. 
you know, so it was sort of that dynamic. But but when I got like when I got older and I got now, I mean, in the last 15 years, I've had both hips replaced. Right. I've had my wrist replaced. By the way, just as an aside, I always thought you were a badass because I was with you not long after the hip replacement. You were doing deadlifts. Yeah. Straight leg deadlifts, which is a hip m- movement, yeah. which which I was just like, PJ, are you fucking sure we should be doing that? And you're like, I'm told it's fine. Yeah. You know, I had, uh, you know, I had in my head the idea that, I mean, I was already starting at that age to start to get thick yeah. around the, the midsection, which was for me in a weird way. Even when I look at myself, even when I'm thin, I'm repulsed and I don't know where it comes from. I'm, I mean, I, 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 I in my home, I have like one mirror, right. and it's aimed away from like you know, so you can't see yourself. You have to like, um, and it's just I can't walk past a mirror and be happy, yeah. even in my very best. And so uh, the thickness started to come, um, you know, right after I got my hips replaced because I stopped really jogging and running. It was actually a few years before that because I had this because it was so much pain in my hips from now. My hips were mostly destroyed because of a car accident I was in when I was sixteen. So there was damage to my hips, um, and they never grew properly after that. I was hit by a drunk driver, incidentally. And so um, even though my basketball career really kind of picked up because I taught myself how to play left-handed because my right hand was destroyed, so I was ambidextrous for a lot of my career, um, which really helped. But again, that's a psychological I have to overcome. I have to overcome, which is kind of like imprinted in me as that sort of like that kind of an athlete mentality. Um, But... The damage for me was that I started to get, you know, mentally I started to really hate my body yeah. because I couldn't do what I wanted it to do. And so like what we've talked about and which we have mutual friends that talk about living with pain and still going to the gym, living with pain and still going on that mountain bike ride, living with pain and taking your kid hiking or whatever it is. And you have to, you know, when you get into the, you know, the beginning is the hardest part. And then when you're in sort of in the middle of it, you're kind of like in that um, euphoric high of the exercise where you're kind of like, okay, this isn't so bad. And then you're getting back to the car or whatever it is you get in the or the next day and you're like, you're suffering. Yeah. You're in pain. Now, you know, we have opiate crises. We have like, you know, these BS energy drinks and these other things that are healers. That stuff doesn't work. We're inflamed. Our bodies are inflamed. And I've never been able to come up with other than cryotherapy, anything that works for me other than ice. For pain. For pain. The yeah. only thing that works on me is cryotherapy. So, you know, I, working out isn't just working out. Now it's recovery. Yeah. And recovery for me is just as important as going to the gym. Yeah. You know? Have you found, though, that, like, given your periods of time... Did I just do, like, a hard right to a different subject? No, no. <laughs> okay. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. Like... Have you have you found and he, he, this is the thing I, I I would wonder about in hearing this. Um, there was a period where you weren't going to the gym, and is the pain better for going to the gym? Yeah, that 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 would it's be lessened. my assumption, right? Yeah. Well, muscular pain is different than arthritic pain. Sure. And and there's then just general malaise and other pains that you get, you know, that happen through your body. But yeah, I I prefer muscular pain. Yeah. In fact, I sometimes look forward to it. Don't yeah, you? Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I did a. There was a. I'm I'm cutting. It is is it is it um, the. Um, I think what I remember is the muscular pain is usually um, uh, lactic acids and other things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, 
Yes. And micro-terrorists, which you're trying to rebuild and all those things. But, like, I've found that even, like, the if I, if I do two weeks off or two weeks super low volume in the gym, when I come back and increase the volume a lot, after the first week, everything has pain. And then, it, and then I don't get that anymore. Right. And then it's gone. Once right. I'm into the habit of whatever volume I'm doing in the gym... I don't get those delayed onset muscle soreness symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and, a credit and, and to the human them. body and its adapt adaptability, and and you know why we're supposed to, you know, yeah, keep moving. Yeah, I think there's got to be like clearly the body deteriorates with time, right? And yeah. So I have some, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, you just said the word. Um, the inflammation in the joints Mm -hmm. arthritis arthritis i have some arthritis in my right hip i have something wrong with the patella tendon in my knee like walking downstairs is painful on that knee walking upstairs is great i can walk upstairs all day long i would rather take an elevator down uh, because i get pain in my knee and in fact if i sit with my knee bent for five minutes it starts to hurt like Mm -hmm. None of this keeps me out of the gym because when I go to the gym, all of that disappears. And then I just have fatigue and muscle soreness, which is something that I prefer to the other pains. I I love feeling my body, but what I don't like feeling is arthritis. Yeah. You know, and it is, it's, it's, I'm sure so many people suffer from it, especially if you've carried body weight your whole life yeah because it's you know it's just tough on on the joints yeah you know and that's one thing that is is you know there's you know if you've replaced a meniscus or anything like that these things are they're they're terribly painful you know but they're necessary to continue to keep moving because the alternative would be you know uh you know not moving yeah and once you stop moving that is entropy man you're going the wrong direction forever you've got to move you've got to get up even if it's just like you know, my son and I live three blocks from, you know, the store. We don't drive. You yeah. Know? It's a walk or he's on a scooter or whatever. It's like we just, we it's, there's a rule. We don't drive to the store. That's great. Yeah. I mean, it's just, just to keep, it's like one of those things to keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. My wife likes walking to the store too. I then have to carry everything back. <laughs> well, we're <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're designed as, as, as you know, we're, 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 we're you and I are just lugs. Where we it's just are. like smash something or carry something. Yeah. Or Do you know when I fire? first came to Hollywood in in nineteen? Yeah, I am. Um, <laughs> I used to go into auditions back when auditions were in person. You know, sure. can Way remember back, back to like four years ago. Yeah. But I used to go into auditions. I used to keep, make myself look shorter. Really? Yeah, I used to, I used to wear like clothes that would make me look thinner, like solid colors, dark solid colors, which is kind of probably imprinted in our brains, right? And I would go into the audition, and I would always try to be short because I always thought that my size—I'm six two and a half, you know—I'm two hundred and twenty-five pounds of pure Canadian anger. Yeah. And you know, it's like I walk into the audition, and I thought I would intimidate. I actually got feedback when I first came to Hollywood. It was like they were a little scared of you. I'm like, right. why? What did I do? Yeah. Well, it was just the way that you laughed made them feel they were going to get killed. I'm right. like cool (laughs) what do i do about that yeah how can i use that i'll (laughs) play a killer right i ended up being only bad guys the last 10 years of my career don't go anywhere we'll be right back but anyway i would go in and i would kind of hunch over so i'd look shorter or i'd stand with my legs slightly apart or i'd 
She's like, because they didn't want to be intimidating. And it's just a size thing. And then I would walk around in streets. I would go to like, when I was a basketball player, I would go to like, you know, China and Korea and Japan. And I would be like, you know, heads above people. And I was loving it. I was like, oh, this is great. I feel like a god. This is amazing. And I come to like, you know, America, you know, it's like, and everybody's, you know, pretty big, but we're still big. Yeah. We're wide. I, I went shopping in Manhattan Beach this weekend. Uh, one store on the whole strand had double X. Right. And I'm like liking double X, but I could fit a triple X if I were not sure. You know what I mean? So uh, shopping is like a whole different, you know. I'm it's, sure it's weird, this. but it's better. Like, listen, in fairness, when I was growing up, I couldn't buy like underwear and T-shirts at a Target. I can now. I couldn't do that. And and like I say, I can now. Like This is living with your family or when you were alone? Just both. Yeah. I'm saying when I was much bigger, yeah. there were no sizes. Like, by the way, I was probably triple X when I was 13 years old. And that didn't exist outside of specialty stores. Any Walmart has triple X t-shirts in it now right probably even bigger than that and now we have online everything's delivered it's yeah. a lot easier for people but I have a question this is the other question I was okay. going to you give me a typical meal when you were a day a day of your food intake right calorie wise and what, and what you would eat when you were at your biggest I have no idea what the calories are because okay. I don't eat this kind of food anymore. So right. I'm not, I'm not like eating hamburgers it. or right. I mean, French fries. Listen, I eat hamburgers now. I love a hamburger now. Now a protein wrap kind of style. Thing? No, a hamburger for me today. Okay, looks like this. Um, I love uh, this company Trifecta. Ninety nine percent of what I eat comes from Trifecta. It's amazing. Trifecta. Where are they based? I have, no, California? I have no idea, okay. but they ship me in a cooler, all my meat, uh, a bunch of carbs, a bunch of veggies. I, it's, I, I, I tend to supplement carbs a little bit because the same carbs all week will start grating on me. Yeah. So I don't get all my carbs from them. I don't get all my veggies. Some of my veggies I want to have raw or fresh, right? But I would say 99.9% .9 of my meat comes from this company, Trifecta. They have bison patties. So I'll take a bison patty, throw it on either um, uh, Schmidt's 647 diet bread or get... Um, or a wheat extra sour rye bread. Ex or a wheat extra. Not a cauliflower guy? Cauliflower crust stuff? No. You don't like it? I mean, I just don't I just don't go that deep on caring. Right. Or a wheat extra sour rye bread. Cut it in half. The, a piece of bread has 80 calories and 15 grams of carbohydrates. You cut it in half, you've got a sandwich. It's one piece of bread. Right. And I'll put that with my bison patty, a little sugar-free. Heinz makes sugar-free ketchup. I didn't know that. It's fantastic. A little uh, French French's mustard or... No cheese? I don't mess with cheese. I will say I occasionally have a slice of fat-free cheese. Mm -hmm. Doesn't taste great. It's no, not the yeah, best thing. No, but it's it's a really good buffer if you know if you want to put your elbows on the table and not get them, right? Yes. Yeah. I lived in France for a year doing a series, so oh, I wow. fell in love with, with cheese. cheese. Yeah. I did live. First, I want you to answer this, this sure. the question about what oh, your yes. food was like when you were. I mean, really, I would wake up and make 
um, a giant coffee with which was probably half milk, but I'm talking like 32 ounces mm-hmm. of coffee with milk and sugar, right? And I wouldn't eat anything right away. The majority of my eating would come before I went to bed, and I would go on my way home to, I knew where all the 24-hour drives drive through, drive-throughs were, and uh, even the ones that weren't open 24 hours, but like open till 4 a.m., like Astro Burger on Melrose and right. Gower. Amazing. Open till 4 a.m. I, I, you know, I, this was 25, 30 years ago. I have no idea if any of those still exist right. anymore, but I'm sure if I decided to, I could figure it out in a day. But I would get so much food. I like would get three, four. three cheeseburgers, fries, chicken strips, you know, a gyro sandwich. Astro Burger had gyro sandwiches. So you could get a burger and a gyro sandwich. I was getting uh, veggie dogs at Astro Burger thinking I was like being healthy and turkey burgers thinking I was being healthy. You know, like yeah. craziness yeah. like that where you're like, I'm just going to eat six veggie dogs. Right? It's vegetarian. I must be losing weight. It's got to be something. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know, going to Carl's Jr. and getting the chicken club sandwich because I thought it was healthy. Meanwhile, it's got Swiss cheese, mayonnaise, and bacon on it, right? So what are you saving because the chicken is grilled? So bacon, meat candy, right, Yeah, is really bad. I mean, I don't like to say things are good or bad. I don't believe really in good or bad. We could get into this. I know you have some very strong feelings on good or bad, which is fine, and I don't mean to offend you. I'm a Diet Coke drinker. I I like Diet Coke, too. Six a day, and I was the Diet Coke guy when I had a ripped body. I was the guy in the commercial, Yeah, and I still drink it to this day, Yeah, and I still love it, and it's like my one thing going, I don't know to this day if it's healthy or not. I just know that... If, if I'm going to have a vice, That's I don't it. smoke. Yeah. I don't drink hard liquor. Yeah. You know, I don't do drugs. Yeah. I ain't Diet Coke. Coke, right. I, I drink I coffee black, this. though. That is my one thing. When my wife and I go to a bar, which is so unbelievably rare, and my wife my wife had this funny experience um, over the past, we live on the east side, and she would go into these, we would go like we're trying to be cool into these east side bars, right? And um, she would very embarrassingly order something called an old maid. And like, <laughs> I know it. And yeah. she would be like bashful about it and feel like, I wish it was named something else. Nobody knew this drink on the east side, right? And she would then be frustrated and explain it to them. And they'd go, Oh, yeah, I know that drink. Okay. And she was like, finally said to somebody, if you know the drink, what do you call it? And they were like, it's called an East Sider. And so this was a huge relief to her because she felt like we're the oldest people at this bar, always, clearly, right? And that's probably not true, but that's how we felt. Right. You know, I've been sober for a long time. Like, I have no business in a bar. Point is, I would always go and get a Diet Coke, and this would be like my experience with a cocktail. Like, I'm going to have a Diet Coke. I might have a slice of lime. And I'd feel like some, because <laughs> we don't really have it in mm-hmm. our house. Um, I, I don't think one way or the other, whether I, I don't think about diet Coke as like, you know, there's people who really think like diet Coke is poison and that's fine. And then there's other people who will say like, there's nothing wrong with diet Coke. If it was left up to me, like my base instincts, I could drink only diet Coke. Yeah. And then I've read some 
things where there's issues with kidney stones associated with drinking too much soda. So I go like, I really don't want that. And if I'm drinking Diet Coke, I'm not drinking just water. And I would like to drink water and mm. and know like it might be placebo. I don't know, but I like feel somehow better if if I spend the day. Plus, there's a lot of caffeine in Diet Coke. I I, I seem to thrive on caffeine. I and mean, you have Nicorette over there. Yeah, and isn't I there caffeine thrive. in that? No, nicotine. It's a whole other drug. I thought there was caffeine in it too. Okay. Jesus, yeah. if there is. I'm no, I'm, I'm, I'm probably wrong. I but I was going to say, so my son, who's 10, yeah. is um, he really gives me a hard time about drinking Diet Coke. Yeah. And he's never, ever, ever fast food. It's not his thing. Right. He's super, he takes one, he's 10. And I, I mean, this isn't for, I don't know where he gets it. He reads it, I guess. He's, by the way, he's a, like Mensa genius. So I don't, yeah. he's my teacher. He takes the top of every hamburger off. So he just eats. You know, he just likes he just likes to have one piece of bread. Yeah. He feels it's too much food, right? And he never gets through it. the The issue is for me is like I go like, don't be so strict. You know, don't you want ice cream, Dad? I don't eat ice cream. You know that. And I said, <laughs> well, he'll eat gelato, which has just as much sugar. But he read that ice cream was bad somewhere. Yeah. And he's I, what I'm saying. Where I'm going with this is that kids. And by the way, last year when he was nine, his checkup appointment with the doctor, he was exactly the same weight he is now even though he's three inches taller wow as he is this year and so i was concerned about that so i actually called his doctor and said you know what i want to talk about this he said well you know it's 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 okay yeah. like he's healthy everything's fine you know and you know he was with us in mexico on the movie and so he was away for a long time and he came back so maybe he lost some weight traveling with us but it's but don't point. kids grow that way? They grow tall and wide. And but I was more concerned wide. about was that he's so strict. Right. And I'm like, is it healthy? Is it healthy that he's that conscious at 10 of what he's putting in his body? And why shouldn't he be? Yeah. Why shouldn't he be informed? Why shouldn't he be making good decisions, you know? He's a kid. He'll have some, you know, candy here and there and do his thing. So I, I just got over-concerned that he, I, he was, in his mind I was he was creating for himself this idea that he had to look a certain way. And he said, it's not about the looks, Dad. Because yeah. I talk to him. Yeah. So we really talk. Like the way you and I talk. I sure. talk with my son. Like I know. Grill him. Yeah. Like, what do you think about this? And, and he said, no. It's, he goes, I just want to be healthy. And I was like... I, I've had similar concerns. I had my oldest daughter, um, I think when she was like 12 or 13, made the announcement that she was straight edge. Your kids are so smart. Yeah, okay, some of them. They're, they do fine, thank you very much. <laughs> nice conversation. Yes, um, my wife um, drinks, and I don't, and my kid made this announcement, I'm, gonna, I'm straight edge, I'm never going to drink or do drugs. And I was kind of like of the same mindset that you are, of like, ah, do you need to be that extreme? There's a reason that I don't drink, and, mm -hmm. and like... Uh, your mom seems to be fine. Like, you're probably not going to inherit this from me because I'm not actively drinking around you, right? I think that whether it's biological or heritable by association or influence, you know what I mean? Like, I think there's some evidence of that, too. Like, if you're around something, you can pick up those traits. Um, I don't know which is absolutely valid or not, but, like, I'm not a practicing alcoholic in front of you, right? I, and I don't even talk about it to them that much, but like this idea that my kid was going sober before she'd had alcohol scared me in the same way that you're talking about with your son. 
cut to she's in like her second year of college. Meanwhile, I have another kid who was like, uh, I'm not going to be sober. And we were like, okay, great. Well, like, let's be responsible about this. Um, and she was, and it was okay. But my oldest kid then at college, uh, brought up, like, I think I'm not going to be sober anymore. And then I had another fear of like, well, Jesus, is this repression? Is this past repression or extreme side of like denial? But maybe you're not. Maybe it's just a decision. Like, I thought it was going to whip around and be out of hand. And then it wasn't. And it was fine. You know, we do this, don't we? We overthink for them. You know, we forget that we went through phases of stuff that was super strict. And I'm going to be, you know, this. And I'm going to be a professional. This. And I'm, it's like, and then we go, oh, maybe I'm not. Right. You know, it just kind of comes. And goes. Yeah. But there's also this term in psychology. I remember when I was in college. I spent far too long in college, believe it or not. But intra-individual variability. The, you know, that the... the, the and this is probably something really up your alley, which is every single human being is really kind of like, like magnificently different than everybody else. Yeah. Even our chemistry, yeah. there's change, slight changes. Why are some people this way? Why are some people, why are some people lean towards that or this? So in that, you know, variability factor, I think that, you know, I, I'm okay with my son kind of like being as independently intellectual or independently know taking chances and that could be maybe a little bit scary maybe a little bit not. i kind of want him to fail because i think that's the great you know that's the great mentor of life and so i kind of like whatever he's into i kind of go yeah cool do it yeah you know like if you don't want to do that don't do it you yeah. know i don't care or even if he I'm said i don't want to go to school mindset. today i'd say yeah. yeah don't go today we'll do something fun dude that's been another issue with my kids my my older kids when they were little little kids i was driving them to school one day and and as we were like a couple blocks away, I said, you know what, guys, we're not going to school. Let's go to Disneyland. <laughs> and I was That's so awesome. excited because this was like, as a kid, I wished, can my parents yeah. just do something like that? Take me somewhere I, that, you know, and my kids were like, no, we have to study. We, we have work to do at school. Right. We need to go and do it. And I was so crushed by this, like... Well, then I'm going. <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't want to go. Like, And I almost had this moment of, like, I'm going to make you go to Disneyland. Oh, my God. You know, and I didn't because then I would have just been resentful the whole time that they weren't enjoying it, you know, or something stupid like that. Um, uh, and then I had uh, my youngest. I did finally um, pull it off where it was like after some break, I forget how old she was, but there was like a spring break and it somehow she was going back to school on a Tuesday, not a Monday, like school resumed on a Tuesday or a Wednesday or whatever it was. I told her school resumed the day before and she was like, okay. And uh, then I woke her up that morning and told her to get ready for school. She got ready for school. We had breakfast at the house. We got in the car. So everything was as though we were going to school. And as we were driving to school, I said, you know what? Let's go to Disneyland. And she was the one who was like, yes, really? She was oh, crying. Nice. She was like, you're lying. You won't take me to Disneyland. I can't believe you'd do this to me. And then I took her to Disneyland. And she doesn't even know that she didn't actually play hooky from school. That <laughs> was your... <laughs> yeah, that's just, you know diabolically perfect yeah it's i was great. like no no matter what 
if she doesn't want to go to Disneyland, she can't. I love to how much you love that connection that you've had with your kids, though. But I must say, you know, to 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 bring down the big uh, hammer on this, you if you hadn't, you know, sat in Romania and had those reflective moments, forget about having kids. You may not even be here. I don't. I don't think there's any way I'd be here. There's no way I'd be here. I was very, very unhealthy. Look at the columns. Like the column of either I continue like this and die <laughs> and or I have a relationship with children. I have a podcast that's kicking butt. I'm friends with Paul Johansson. Yeah. All the good stuff that's in the list over here now. Like you're and, and what was the what was the real sacrifice that you gave up? You gave up not eating everything you want whenever you want. Right. That's the only thing you gave up. Yeah. That's it. That was it. Right? It's, it, I mean, I think, I think anybody can make that decision based on any circumstances in their life. I do believe that. I do not believe that anybody requires a significant other or the right relationship with a friend. I don't. I do think it's super helpful to have somebody in your life that you can be accountable to. And I was able to be accountable to my wife, um, which I don't know how to get around that for yeah. for people who who don't have that, you know. Well, a lot of times they think that the big changes in life, we always say it has to come and hit rock bottom, but I don't believe that. Okay. I still think you can make big changes in your life as you feel the free fall. Yeah. Going, I, I need to pull a parachute, man. Yeah. You know, I think you, you don't have to hit rock bottom to make the big change. Well, I think you're right because I, I think, I mean, look, in that analogy, I like the rock bottom idea simply because at whatever point that you turn around, that was the floor, right? But I think for real, the rock bottom is really death. And so there's no change there's no pulling yourself out of that other than the anomalies who come back after being dead, which is something that we don't have to like try to examine or figure it's out. It's a different right? podcast. It's a different thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Miami medium or Long Island medium or something. Okay. We talk about that. Well, he died for a minute. Let's talk to him. And when he comes back, we'll be yeah. better. Um, but so I, I think to some degree, you're right. What, at whatever point you make the change, that can be your rock bottom or... Thank God I'm not dead and incapable of making a change now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, the real, the real, my real challenge and my frustration is, is the huge swings that I go through. Yeah. You know, right now I'm, I'm heavier. We, we did three months in Mexico. I got COVID. I was in a hotel room for two and a half weeks, you know, um, literally eating anything I wanted because I was just didn't know if I was going to die or not. I was really bad. You know, yeah. I, I had it very bad. Um, I, I got to say, I don't know how you did that. I mean, I you were sick, so maybe that I'm alive because I was vaccinated. Right. I have history of respiratory illnesses. I've been hospitalized seven times. The worst uh, seven times with pneumonia. So I have a propensity for pneumonia. Since as a little boy, I've gotten really sick. I was in Africa in 1990. Eight, I think it was 98, 98. I just finished doing a series in Paris for a year. 
I got pneumonia in Paris and flew to South Africa to go diving with my buddies with the great white sharks in Durban, South Africa. So we landed in Joburg, was feeling terrible, flew to D Durban the night before, or the, the night before we were gonna go uh, on the boat with the sharks, with my two buddies, um, there was gurgling in my lungs, just this gurgling. I was like, God, I feel terrible, I'm sweaty, I'm hot. I'm gonna be underwater for like, you know, three dives tomorrow. Um, and I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this. I could barely breathe. And, you know, I pulled out. I said, look, I, 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 we paid for this trip. We've flown there together. These are my best friends from high school. And I couldn't do it. And so they went down with the sharks and I went to the hospital. Wow. And I was in the hospital for six weeks. Wow. Yeah, it was really bad. I had double lob lobular pneumonia. Both lungs were filled and they were, the, the, what they called them was um, sisters instead of nurses in the in the uh, hospital in Cape Town where I went to they put me on this table with warm wet towels flipped the table over with me strapped in with a bucket underneath and slowly slapped my back for half an hour as the pus and blood came out of my lungs in a bucket which they would empty every day and then the next day they'd do it again and they, it was intubated at one time I was they were sucking it out to keep me alive and they said at one point they said to me it's time to tell your family Wow. have them come say goodbye so i called my parents you know you know they're i'm dying like i'm going to die from pneumonia by the way jim henson died of pneumonia at 42. Right. people die of pneumonia all the time it's very difficult i think it's one of the it's like the third biggest killer it's huge. in america a chronic lower respiratory infection right. kills a ton of people it, and it's and it's literally you're drowning in your own um phlegm yeah you know it's well i'm not phlegm. I mean, I'm not a doctor, and I don't want to pose as whatever well. the fluid is. Whatever the fluid is. Yeah, yeah. But it's full of bacteria, and it's awful, and you can't get it out because it's in the very small. So then, alveoli. COVID is legit scary for you. And I got it. Yeah. And I was vaccinated twice, and thank God I was because I had some resistance to it really taking hold. And when I knew I had COVID, it was the night before. I was laying in bed. And I thought I'd pulled a muscle in my back. I was like, oh, God, I pulled a muscle. In my, and I always pull muscles in my back because of my body size and my weight. And if I'm not lifting enough, and I'm so, I was like, oh, I haven't been lifting. I've been sick. And I've been working on this movie. And now I've, and I pulled a muscle. And I got to fly in an airplane in two days. Oh, my God. And um, it was so bad and painful that I was like, I was almost crying in my bed. Go, God, this is a bad one. I can't even breathe. I couldn't breathe. It hurt. Every time I went out, it breathed. The doctor came the next day. Before he even, he said, so what are your symptoms? I said, well, and he did my temperature, and he said, he goes, oh, well, you have COVID. I said, what are you talking about? I have a muscle pull. He goes, no, no, it's COVID. I said, well, then why does my back hurt so much? He goes, your lungs have nowhere to go. They're so inflamed. They're pushing against your rib cage and your back, and there's nowhere for them to go. This is this is COVID, and it's you've got it, and right. it's bad. And he goes, we, we probably need to put you in a hospital. I kind of resisted the hospital thing because – no disrespect to anywhere. I just felt more comfortable saying, well, let's see where it goes from here. You know, my oxygen levels were high enough. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. So he gave me steroid injections for seven days in a row. She did, the doctor, and it immediately alleviated the pain in my back. And then it was just about battling the disease, which four or five, six days into it, you kind of don't know which way it's going to go because COVID can alleviate its symptoms with all the ways that you, because what you do is you fight the symptoms, you don't fight the disease, right. right? So all the drugs that they give you to keep you feeling good don't help you fight off the disease. Yeah. Perhaps the monoclonal antibodies that they gave me did, which may have helped a little bit, but it was late 
you know, they gave him three days into the symptoms, which you need to get them right away. You need to get that in, like, at the minute. Uh, and so, um, you know, the battle was hard, and I couldn't breathe, and I couldn't talk on the phone, and, you know, I random people calling my phone somehow, you know. Somebody got it out that I had it, and I was, like, you know, bombarded, and I stopped picking up my phone. But, you know, the producers were great. They took great care of me. They sent the doctors, and they, you know, had, you know, the hotel staff and production staff in the hotel and the doctor they moved into the hotel wow to take care of me and several other people uh that had got it i want to say that sounds awful and i don't mean to make light of it but all i meant was (laughs) i'm shocked i i i can't like just the hell of eating room service for two weeks and you know the hotel well i (laughs) i I was gonna i was gonna say like different countries have different rules the rule that was in place yeah. when we arrived is you have to quarantine in your room for 24 hours that's right we did that yeah. yes and that was the worst 24 hours of the entire three <laughs> months for me and that then you had to do two weeks of it i was like yeah, whoa weeks, how yeah. that's hell well the I first mean, week i barely ate and then i started to get an appetite right, right? and that's when i knew i was getting better yeah. You always know you're getting better when you get hungry. Sure. Right? Yeah. Your buddy's saying, hey, I'm fixing stuff that's broken. I need some more. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. I've heard about um, the Australians have to uh, do two weeks of quarantine no matter how. That's right. The, no matter how, if they're sick, if they're not sick, vaccinated, not Like, there's no, you. if you want to fly into Australia. I did the same thing in Canada last year. Two weeks? Two weeks. Couldn't leave the, couldn't leave the house. Yeah. I, I couldn't do that. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean... I just want to respect the the laws they put of in course. place. You know? so no, of course, no, of course. I, I was at my sister's steps. house. I'm not going and the to cooking Canada was great. or Australia. That's all, <laughs> you know. And my sister's like, you know, she's you know, she drinks good wine and the food was good. Right. Oh, <laughs> but you could quarantine in her house. I was, yeah. When you fly, you don't have to quarantine. I, I stayed at my sister's upstairs of her house. She sort of, you know, left me up right. there and and sort of would Australia drop off food. They go to a hotel, and there are military watching that they don't like open the window. That's their quarantine. That's a really strict quarantine. And how many cases do they have in Australia? I, I mean, nothing like here. Right. So maybe it's working. You know. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's working. I, I'm, I, I don't want to say anything <laughs> too crass. I, I'm glad I don't live in Australia. I would move to Australia tomorrow. Really? I love them. Yeah, I think they're amazing people. As a Canadian, I kind I of love feel like they're too. my brothers. You know? I love Australians. I love Australia. Yeah. Um, that blue forest and oh, Bondi fantastic. Beach. I, my brother and I rode amazing. our bicycles. I do this every year before pilot season. Well, it used to be pilot season. My brother and his best friend ride across continents on their bicycles. Wow. They carry their backpacks, their food, water purifiers. We, we camp. And we rode from Brisbane to Melbourne on our bicycles See, four weeks and camped the whole way. Slept on the beach. You're a maniac. A oh, lot of oh, shit trying fantastic. to kill you in Australia. Out, yeah, out but let me like tell that. you something. You know, like I said, and I, my son is way more conservative than me. Yeah. I'm an out there dude. I go hiking by myself, you know, in the mountains right. all the time. I do it in Canada. I do it here. I just want that feeling that if you've ever been in a fight, like a fight with just you and another guy. Yeah. Like in the ring when I started like boxing when I first got to L.A., I really wanted to fight Golden Gloves. Nobody... In, in basketball, you got four other guys to help you, and you've got in every other sport. But when you're boxing and you're in there and you're and you're just pounding each other, nobody can jump in and help you. I like the idea that I got to reach down somewhere that's just mine and go, 
I'm not going to give up. That's how I feel. Like when I'm on the bike going through uh, the worst, you know, um, heat wave in Australia they've ever had on the, you know, riding in with my brother. And it's like, we have to camp in this. We have to eat in this. We have with to all the water. deadliest snakes and with spiders. spiders and, the, and, and we've got and mosquitoes and those. And our bikes got like 50 pounds of gear on it. And all you're doing is listening to a podcast on like the life of like, you know, um, uh, one of the you know, you know great American railway founders I was listening to, yeah. um, and it's like, and you just like, and you just going, this hurts. This is so painful. I'm down now. I'm down forty pounds. We're four weeks in. I'm dehydrated, and I know in my head I go, when I get back to LA, I'll be skinny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I get back to LA, I'm gonna look skinny. I'm gonna get a job. I'm yeah. gonna get on the series. Yeah, <laughs> that's the. I mean, listen. I think, but but if that's if if that. If that is what it takes, then that is what it takes. I hate that that's what it takes for me. You know, extreme. There's a bike ride that my brother keeps telling me to do. I ride from L.A. to San Diego. You can do it in three days. So on a bike, usually an hour in a car is a day on a bike when you're touring. That's, uh-huh. how, that's how we kind of measure it. Like, Listen, that's the distance. you could do L.A. to San Diego in a lot less than three days. Well, I, comfortably for me. Okay. Because my hips are replaced. Sure, sure. So I can't really kind of pound. And I don't need to bring as much gear as I do on a long tour like we did at you know, like New Zealand or Australia or somewhere else. Yeah, it's like I could stay in hotels, yeah. actually. I could, you know, <laughs> nice hotels. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, but it's a nice ride. And if you're on the saddle uh, on eight-hour, nine-hour stretches, I mean, even if you're pedaling slow, you're burning and burning calories yeah you know and you can eat you know i mean you can have a i mean i try not to carbo load too much because i want to lose the weight but how much weight can you lose in three days it's a lot of water wait but are you trying to do something like this for weight loss i'm doing it mentally because i want to constantly challenge myself because i don't want to get lazy in life like i've always dreamt of like making building an empire like having everything you know a production company and a life and all this stuff and then just giving it away yeah. and starting over to see if I could do it. Okay. You know, I feel the same way about like, I, I love the challenge of like no support net, no safety net. Here's the thing. Three days of cardio, you're going to lose a ton of water. Water. Yeah. It's not going to be sustainable. It's not going to be f- mostly fat loss. I mean, you will for sure lose some it's fat. Glycogen, right? Glucose. Uh, glucose and water, yeah. And water, yeah. I, I mean, if, if you're looking for weight loss, if you want to lose, you could lose 20 pounds in three days. I could lose 20 pounds in three days. I'm sure I weigh more than you. I could probably lose more than 20 pounds in three days. It's not weight that I'm going to keep off. But it's psychologically, you can walk around and know, I rode my bike to San Diego from L.A., how many yes. people have done it? That's no, where the I'm not is. trying to talk you out of doing it. Oh, no, I like I to think, win. Yes, you know? no, 100%. I want to climb Shasta. I want to climb some mountains in California. I just want to do it. I want to do Kilimanjaro. Yes, no, I, I am not trying to talk you out. I, I love it. I think you should yeah. ride your bike to San Diego. I wouldn't do it with the goal of weight loss. That's all. It's I'm a good saying, Kickstarter like, when you want to get into stuff. Totally. Great Kickstarter. Yeah. I'm not trying to talk you. I think you should do it. I think you should climb Shasta. I think you should do all I of wasn't these things. Suggesting okay, that I'm going to. I got loose. scared that you were like, I want to lose 20 pounds. I'm going to ride to San Diego, and I'm going like, okay, let's figure this out. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Wasn't meaning to say that. That was my weight loss um, routine was to go to San Diego. Okay. My, my if I didn't say that, I didn't, I, what I meant was, um, it's 
it's it's the same mentality of just of going in the ring. Yeah. You know, of going in on and taking a, a, a solo journey in the mountains. It's um, it's kind of like that 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 feeling. Yeah. You know, where you want to feel the adrenaline of like, you know, what are we? What are the winds living in? You know, we live in L.A. Right. You know, what are the winds? You know, another get my son to school ride. on time. That's yeah. a win. Totally. I love <laughs> I love all these wins. Another gnarly ride is to Vegas, and it's miserable and I was not say, beautiful. That's a real. It's a it's a gnarly, ugly, yeah, hot, hot drive. I know what. Ride. Do you just take the ten? Is that the, the one? Ten to the fifteen, 10 to or 15. something like that. Yeah. Can you ride on? The... You can. You can ride on the on the median. I didn't know you could. Yeah. Can. Oh wait, I saw Forrest Gump. I think you're right. Yeah, was he? He ran. He <laughs> jogged it. Yeah, no, that's another one. <laughs> yeah, Paul, yeah. thank you so much. Oh, thank you. This Mo. has been such a pleasure. Yeah, it it was it went really fast. And thank you for um, for sharing your 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 stuff. I was really curious about those questions. I was, yeah, I always wanted to ask you. Uh, if you do one of these extreme ri- ridiculous things, will you come back and talk about it? I'd love to. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. All right, buddy. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And now for the Q&A. Here's a question from Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Ethan. You often talk about how difficult it is to find something healthy at a gas station. Do you ever consider low-carb protein bars or muscle milk as healthy when traveling on the road? Hell yeah, all the time. I actually... um uh well low carb i don't know does that mean it's high in fat i don't really like anything high in fat um but there are these over the counter uh, not over the counter ready-made drinks they sell in a gas station i recently um had some work in new mexico and uh and i flew back and we had to go to lax because Burbank. I don't know if anybody, this is not going to mean anything to anybody who doesn't live in Los Angeles, but we have a, a really quaint airport called Burbank, Bob Hope airport in Burbank. And it's like a dream. It's like you're, you know, it's one step away from having your own plane and flying (laughs) out of an FBO somewhere privately. It's true. Yeah. And it's never too crowded. People are nice. TSA is nice there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we have LAX, which is as though it's one of Dante's rings of hell. <laughs> and and you go there and it's just total chaos. And now half of the parking lots are being having construction done on them. So you can't even park. Like I took a kid, one of my kids was flying somewhere and I like, you know, Wanted to walk her to the gate, which you can do. You can get one of those fake tickets and they let you through and you mm-hmm. walk them to the gate. There's no, there's nowhere to park. Yeah. You can't park yeah. there. And so LAX is a nightmare. So I flew back from New Mexico and you have to fly to LAX. I don't know why. Or you have to like take multiple planes, which is a nightmare. Um, and then I was like, this sucks. So this is like the most logaria to get to the point, which is I just recently did a road trip to New Mexico and back. And at the gas stations, I was like, I'm going to check this out. Now I brought food with me. Um, but I just still, I mean, it was like mostly boredom where I'm getting gas. I'm stretching my legs 
And then you go like, I'm going to walk around a little bit. And then you're like, I'm going to walk around in the store and see what they have in, you know, Navajo, Arizona or New Mexico. I think that whole region is both Arizona and New Mexico. And I'm going to see what kind of treats they have in here. And if there's anything and there, there was stuff like, uh, I think I got a quest bar in one of them and I ate that. I'll eat stuff like that. There's a bar by a brand. I I don't know what it's called. Pure protein. It's not pure protein. It's also carbs and a little bit of fat, but that's not bad. Um, in a real pinch, I'll eat one of those um, uh, builder bars, I think they're called, yeah. by by the, I don't know who it's, makes yeah, them. Yeah, I, you know I know exactly I mean. what you're talking about, yeah. Who makes them? I think Cliff Bar makes builder bars, mm-hmm. and that's like a, um, a, bil- a Cliff Bar with more protein that doesn't quite taste as good as a Cliff Bar. Cliff Bar is like really just a candy bar, let's be honest. But it, like if you're backpacking somewhere, it's a good thing throw that in your pocket a cliff bar and it's a good source of energy right there i think so yeah i'll eat that stuff sure. yeah and you can just look at the labels and get something i would say as close to what you're i well, needing right well, i look and i go what has the highest protein and then um if the next highest thing is fat i'll probably pass on that mm-hmm um, I don't want the carbs to be higher than the protein. Mm-hmm. You know, that's basically how I do it. I'm not going to pick up a bar that has 500 calories in it. I want to get something that's like no more than 250 or 300 calories. Yeah. I just want to say. He mentioned muscle milk. I, oh, I've yeah. not messed around with muscle those milk. Those drinks. I don't know about those drinks. I do know that um, you're going to have to cut this part out, Scott. Jake Steinfeld. Body by Jake. Body by Jake. Well, hold on, I'll look up. Steinfeld. I think that's right. Yeah. Should I double yes, check? Because he's the uncle of Haley Steinfeld. That's her name. Is right? he really? I think so. So I do know that Jake Steinfeld has made a drink called Don't Quit. I've had those. Though the nutrition um, in those is really great, and so I've had those. I don't know exactly where you get them or if you order them, but Don't Quit are good drinks. Um, I haven't ever had muscle milk. I want to say there's, um, I don't know, there's a health and fitness expert named Bill Phillips. He wrote Body for Life and um, created EAS and Metrics back in the day and is used to always have the most amazing products with like the highest quality ingredients. And I know he has something called Bill Phillips Right. Is that a drink? It's, he has drinks. I don't know what other things, but I, I think um, has drinks as well. And those were always really like high quality. I feel like, We've moved a little bit off track here because he's not asking us what we would get at a GNC. He's right. asking us what we would get gas at a gas station. station. Got it. Sorry. That's what happens when I talk too much. So I will eat stuff. You know what I'm always looking for uh, that a lot of gas stations have? Fruit. They'll often have bananas and apples. Um, and occasionally you'll find some deli meat and I'll, I'll eat that. I, I don't like to eat that very much, but I will. Sounds good. There we go. Okay. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's my gas station menu. Love it. If you have a question that you'd like Ethan to answer, please email it to AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. <laughs> <laughs>